Auburn picks up their first SEC win of the year, defeating the Mississippi State Bulldogs 27-13. to Let's bug on this edition of the Uptempo Podcast. You are now listening to the War Report Podcast Network. Mm, yes, sir. Easy like Sunday morning, baby. Man, this one feels good, Blake. This is a different feeling. What is up, Auburn family? I'm your host, Dustin Smith, joined as always by my guy, Blake Lane. Blake, how are you, brother? Dustin, I'm doing great, man. I am doing great. The Auburn Tigers were victorious yesterday, 27 to 13. One of the best halves of football that we have seen in a long time from the Auburn Tigers. That first half uh, was absolutely electric. One thing I want to say is shout out to Peyton Thorne. I know we are going to talk about him later on in this episode, uh, but I, I made a tweet yesterday and I said, hey, I've been really hard on Peyton. I was on the Peyton Thorne train to begin the year. I, I backed Peyton a thousand percent while he was going through his struggles. And uh, that night in Baton Rouge, it kind of, you know, it kind of put a sour taste in my mouth, man. That fourth, that fourth down and he ran out of bounds and all that. Uh, but I am proud of what number one did yesterday. Uh, that's what leaders do, man. Uh, you, you stay on the grind. You plug away. Uh, you continue to work. You continue to grind. Like Robbie always says, when times get hard, we're going to see who grinds. And uh, I, like I said, man, I think that's what leaders do in that first half is Peyton. Uh, he understood the assignment, and he's been working his tail off. And uh, I think we saw a little different offense yesterday from the Auburn Tigers in that first half. I think somebody else was calling plays. I think somebody understood that it was time that we had a – four-game winning streak uh, upon us that we could get hot and we could start rolling and winning football games and get to a decent bowl game. Uh, And, you know, who knows? You win those four, and like we talked about the other night, Dustin, you never know going into the Iron Bowl. You get the Iron Bowl at the crib, uh, and you're going to have an electric Jordan-Hare Stadium. My last thing I'll say about the opening thoughts is uh, we had some fans leave yesterday. Uh, We had some fans leave a little too early for my liking. And uh, I don't know why we left. Uh, it was all student section. Yes, all student section. Um, I, I don't. I, I guess we just thought it was a blowout and, uh, you know, that we had the game in hand. But this is a program that is only two years off of giving up a 28-3 to lead in the second half, you know. Uh, so I just – I looked at that on TV and I said, hey, you know, what what are we doing for these seniors, Dustin? You know, and and that's what Hugh kind of – I heard the message from Hugh saying, if you're going to play and not give up on this football team, play for the seniors, all right? And, you know, I preach that a lot about play for the guys like Jalen Simpson, Nehemiah Pritchett, all those cats, man, that have been through the struggles at Auburn. And uh, I feel like, you know, some of the students walked out on them yesterday because they just felt like it was a blowout. And uh, you felt like Mississippi State wasn't coming back. Man, let's stick around for that thing. Let's enjoy our first SEC win. We we have the opportunity to now go to Nashville and get two SEC wins. People were saying at the beginning of the year that we might not win any SEC games. 
or one and seven or two and six. If you win in Nashville this Saturday, you got a chance to go to Fayetteville and get three. Right. Like, come on, man. I stick around, get behind this team. We're not dead. I told y'all that we weren't dead yet. There was still plenty of opportunities to play for. I'm damn proud of this football team. I'm damn proud of this coaching staff. I'm I'm damn proud of this fan base. Uh, we're hanging around. Things are gonna get better. Great times are, are they're they're upon us, man. They're upon us. We're Auburn football is going to be okay, like Coach Cadillac said last year at home against Texas A&M. We're not dead, baby. I told them people from Mississippi, Dustin, we ain't dead, and they're damn sure not relevant. Yeah, I said uh, yesterday on the post game, War Report post game show. Look, let's not let this go. Let's not let this go unnoticed. I wasn't trying to go out on a three-game losing streak to the Mississippi State Bulldogs yep. as the SEC West foes. We don't know when they hop back on the calendar, but whenever they do, we got the dub. So they yep. got to sit on it for a while. And we haven't, unfortunately, we don't have that luxury with Ole Miss. We haven't had that luxury with a team like LSU. So it's nice to get these versus a team that uh, this was our 66th win overall of all time. We've, we've played them a bunch is what I'm saying. So to kind of remind them, put them back in their place, hey, man, we're not the best football team in the world. You're not the best football team in the world. So when our teams are about on even ground, guess what? We're going to smash you. Covered, yeah. you know, beat you beat you by two scores. And you mentioned Cadillac, Blake. Comes out after the game that Cadillac, uh, Cadillac gave a pregame speech that really got everybody fired up. And shout out to Coach Hugh Freeze for kind of noticing that. And uh, me and you had kind of been texting during the week, like, is it is it time for Cadillac to, to bust in those doors and say something kind of joking, right? And yeah. – uh, he actually did, apparently. He actually did a lot of fire under those boys' ass. And, man, like you said, that was the best half of Auburn football that I've seen in such a long time. I mean, Shane Hooks going up and making the play. And it's – golly, Blake, what have, I, what have I complained about on here for months? About Shane Hooks maybe making that play and then getting tackled at the three and us messing up and having to kick a field goal. What did he do? He put yeah. his arm down. He got those three extra yards and made the play. Got the touchdown. Found a way to get into the end zone, dude. Um, Blake, the, the, the most impressive get play of the game to me is third and 10 with about five minutes to go in the third quarter. Mm -hmm. Right there, about the 50-yard line, somewhere in that area, maybe a little bit behind it. But uh, the momentum's kind of going. We're still in the lead, obviously, but the momentum is starting to, to, to go back Mississippi State's way. And Peyton, it was our only drive of the third quarter, the only possession that we had the ball. We only ended up getting three on it. But Thorne stands in the pocket on third and 10, there was a guy, uh, I believe it was Hooks, was wide open underneath the middle. And I'm screaming, hit him, hit him, hit him. He waits another about extra half a second, stays in there, finds Jay Fair in a nice window. It's the one where Jay kind of was banged up because he got hit pretty hard in the back and got up. Mm -hmm. uh, to me, that showed growth because for the last two years, that's a third down that Jay Fair would have dropped or that our timing would have just been off. Or we would have called and then up, holding penalty. We stood in there, we made the play, made something out of that drive. And I know that um, everyone's kind of, after the game, was like, why did we take our foot off the gas in the second half? And and I wasn't, uh, obviously, would have liked to have, you know, hung up 24 more points. But I think we only had one possession in the third quarter. And it was just, it just kind of worked out that second half where it just kind of went a, a weird way, right? Um <laughs> I predicted 17 to six before the game. I had no, I, I couldn't find, I didn't see a universe where we could find 27 points and we came out, man, tempo. And I, I don't disagree with 
what we tried the last couple of weeks with the offenses we were facing. It made sense for me or to me for you to say, hey, look, let's try to slow this thing down and keep our defense that's a talented one deep but doesn't have a lot of depth. Let's try to cut their reps down versus an LSU and Ole Miss offense that are so explosive. Well, it didn't work. It actually hurt our defense because either way we weren't moving the ball and they were still still having to be out there for those reps. Went up tempo. It looked like what we thought we were getting when we hired Hugh Freeze. The real Hugh Freeze stood up, and that's what it's supposed to look like, man. And I can't, you know, this week was one of them weeks where Cam Coleman made several little surprise appearances at Auburn, Blake. Not just Saturday, but he, he popped back up a couple times during the week. And if you're starting to pique his interest, if you're starting to pique Ryan Williams' interest, and all of a sudden they start seeing you throw the ball around a little bit, hey, look, VAR was wide open, and we hit him. Go back to the Jay Fair versus AM. That play was there, wasn't it? Didn't hit him. Charquest Hunter is our most explosive and best player on offense. He's had back to back weeks where he's gone off um, again on making the play to close the game. That final drive. If we would have had to punt the ball back to Mississippi State, would they have gone down and scored with Mike Wright? Probably not. But what did Jarquez do? Go around the go around the corner. Let that defender know you can come on, but you ain't gonna catch me. Picks up that first down and then busts one up again up the middle to kind of seal the deal there. Uh, so making the plays when you have to make the plays. Zion Puckett with that interception, yes, it was a bad overthrow, but over the past two or three years, Auburn drops that play and then probably commits a penalty. And Mississippi State continues to drive and get some points. There was just any time when that game could have went the way that these Auburn games and these SEC games have gone. We didn't. We maintained. We held our ground. We held them in the red zone. We made the play on offense. We did whatever it was that we had to do. So, yeah, I think there was tremendous growth. Very, very proud of Peyton Thorne, man. And I want to I want to address something, Blake, before we get into the game. During the game, we were getting tagged on Twitter. Um, now, no surprise here by people whose names are Burr or, you know, Auburn Burner 27 or something. And it's never people with a face and a name. I'm not going to get on that spiel today, I promise. But – they were tagging us saying, is it still nine time? Is it still nine time? The reason that everybody, for one, this idea that the War Report Network is the only network that was calling for Robbie Ashford to be the quarterback going into last week is a lie. And you know it's a bold-faced lie. Anybody covering Auburn football was basically saying, this isn't working. It might be time to give Robbie the full reins. And Hugh Freeze was contemplating that, as he alluded to in his post-game press or in his post-game comments after this game. He said if Thorne didn't get it going, we were going to go in a different direction, and Thorne knew that going into the game. So I'm going to say this one time, Blake, and this is the only time I'm going to say it. I was cheering my ass off when Peyton Thorne was successful. I'm so happy for Peyton Thorne. I said, yes, I like Robbie Ashford. I'm a fan of Robbie Ashford. I'm a fan of Auburn football over anything. Yeah. So the fact that Peyton, so if that, if that Peyton Thorne would have shown up at A&M, do you really think that anybody, that anybody would have been out here saying it's nine time? No, no, that was the best Peyton Thorne has played. If Peyton Thorne plays like that the rest of the year, you ain't going to hear me saying nothing about no nine time. You're not going to hear me something say anything about let's see if Holden gets a shot. No, sir. That's Peyton Thorne's squad. And if he continues to play like that for the rest of the year, I feel pretty good coming into next year about some of these receivers that we'll have coming in that I think that are freshmen that are already going to get a chance to start. I feel really good about a guy like Caleb Burton's future. You know, 
a guy that Blake was high on from the beginning. Cam Brown starting to see a little bit more touches. Listen, man, there's some young guys that we know are coming to Perry Thompson's. I, I'm going to keep mentioning Ryan Williams because I think we're going to pull him. I'll come out and say it. No inside there. I think the kid's going to come to Auburn. Mm. I, I've just – the Perry – listen, it's, it's the same conversation we heard with Perry, right? It's the same thing we kept hearing in here. I'm, I'm buying it at this point. And, and I, I said this yesterday on the post-game show, too. You know why Cam Coleman's name keeps coming up? Because Cam Coleman will tell Hugh Freeze this. Hugh, I'm not interested in coming to Auburn. Please leave me alone. This is what Hugh says. All right, Cam, I'll talk to you tomorrow. He ain't giving up. We got a guy that's all in on recruiting. So let's put this scenario out here real quick. Let's say we go on this four-game win streak, go on this Iron Bowl at 7-4, and four, right there before December 2nd. You're going to have all the recruiting momentum. You're going to you're going to be on a nice little win streak. People are going to be able to are going to be talking about, boy, they started to turn this thing around, didn't they? Uh, there's a lot of things ahead of us. Like you said, in the middle of the week, Blake, it's why we chose it to make the audio clip to go around on social media. There's a ton of things for this team still to play for. But this was a must win. That's why we named the Tuesday show, the live show. This is a must win for Auburn. And they came out and I think that they – they handle business. You do 27 to 13 in the SEC. That's a solid win. And also, Blake, people are looking at this and they're saying, well, Mississippi State's the worst team you've played in a while. Uh, yeah, for sure. It's the best defense we've played in a while. So this, so, so regardless of how bad the team is, I would have bet any kind of money in the world we were going to hang 27 on LSU and we come out and, and look completely incompetent. This is something to build on. You, we didn't rotate – like, what, why did I predict us to lose the game, Blake? Because I said we're going to continue to rotate quarterbacks at our own detriment. We didn't. Yeah. We picked a guy. We stood behind him. And so to, to on that point, if a quarterback plays like that, there's no question. I think a lot of it is the way the game was called for him. I think he was put in, in the best position to be successful. I think that our success, especially in the first half, averaging 7.2 yards a, a play on first down, gave our offense the opportunity to be up-tempo, to get Peyton Thorne in second and three so he's comfortable and he's never behind the sticks. That obviously helped him. And I know that, y'all, I know that some of these people that were trying to add us during the game, Blake, I know that they don't believe this. But in the War in the War Report Network group chat and our group text, whenever Auburn scores touchdowns, we celebrate. We don't care who the quarterback is. We really don't. It, it, it's all War Eagle, man. It's all about Auburn. So shout out to Peyton Thorne. If we get that Peyton Thorne the rest of the year, Blake, we'll be seven and four with a chance to win the Iron Bowl, and Alabama will be coming into our stadium with a, with a fist fight on their hands. You know, Dustin, uh, like I mentioned earlier uh, with with Peyton. I I was every week, man. You know this, all right? I was in the group chat. Hey, man, Peyton's going to get it together. He's going to get it together. Peyton, Peyton's QB1. Peyton's QB1. Uh, and I see yesterday we start going up-tempo a little bit. We're successful on first down. We come right out the game, establish the run with Jarquez Hunter. All right. He had a fantastic day. I figured he would. Um, but we stayed ahead of the chains, man. And we were we were allowed to pick up the tempo because we weren't in first and 15. Right. You know, um, and, and we got drives going and we got Peyton in a rhythm. And that's the way it's supposed to look. That's the way the Hugh Freeze runs the show. All right. And. I'm damn proud of Peyton 
I love it. I'm I'm Auburn. Like I said yesterday, I just want Auburn to win. I couldn't care less all right. who all is right. the quarterback. I don't care. All right. I just wanted you to pick a guy. Pick a guy. All right. Was I screaming? Yeah, it, it might be nine time. Or uh, I think I said if, if I'm going to go down losing, I want to go down losing with somebody who bleeds orange and blue. All right. Well, guess what? Everybody, you know, deserves a second chance. And Peyton Thorne come in, and he he lit it on fire. And I'm I'm damn proud of him. You know, I, like you said, anytime Auburn scores, guess what? It's war damn eagle. And uh, that's how it's going to be for the rest of my life, Dustin. Yeah. It's, it's war down, you know. Um, I, I tell you one thing. I, what I loved seeing from Peyton was it finally looked like he was enjoying the day. Mm. It finally looked like the monkey was off the back. All right. He wasn't looking over his shoulder. Yeah. He was smiling on the sidelines. He was enjoying the day, being uh celebratory with the with the with teammates. He he was going over interacting with the coaching staff and things like man, a lot of the times, especially down in Baton Rouge, they would pan the camera over to him and it would just, just be this kind of like dull, sulking look, you know. Uh and I get it. He's a competitor, and he's he's he wasn't being successful at that time. So, hey, what does an eighteen to twenty year old, uh, eighteen to twenty two year old kid do? You know, you get down on yourself, uh, and and you start questioning things. That's how it goes, man. But to see him bounce back yesterday, I can't say any more positive things about him. That he's a captain for a reason. That's what leaders do, and uh, I'm proud of Hugh Freeze. I'm proud of Hugh Freeze because people, you know, people with the with the Twitter fingers and everything, they want to come out and say, oh, Hugh Freeze ain't the guy. You know, we're not putting people in the right spots and everything. I think you saw a glimpse of what Auburn football is headed towards yesterday, a small glimpse of where the direction of this program is headed. That's what you were supposed to do yesterday. You were supposed to – I always tell Dustin this, y'all. You smash teams like Mississippi State, all right? You smash teams like Mississippi State. Arkansas, you smash teams like that. Vanderbilt, you smash teams like that, bro. That is Auburn football. We ran the football. Jarquez had a day. Peyton got comfortable. Wide receivers made plays. Just like Dustin said with Shane Hooks. Did he make that play at AM? No, he didn't. Did he make it yesterday? Yeah, he did. Is this team growing up a little bit? I said the other night, when Simp made that comment, that made me feel like this team had it all together. They were still fighting for each other. And yesterday showed me that they're still fighting for each other. They still believe that they want to be the team in year one. That in 10 years, when one of them decide to come back to Auburn University and they're standing at Tiger Walk and a fan walks up and says, Jalen Simpson, how you doing, man? You laid the groundwork because now we're in the college football playoffs and we're competing and Hugh Freeze is in his 10th year and Auburn football is, is at 
a peak level of, of success. They're at the highest level of success. They're back in the glory days. And, and Jalen's going to stand there and he's going to smile. And he's going to say, hey, I never wavered. I never transferred. I never did any of that. So I'm proud of this football team. At the end of the day, I was I was happy as could be. Uh, I called my dad. My dad was excited. He, w- he was pumped up. Uh, we just got off the phone about 30 minutes ago. He was still fired up, Dustin. Um, and, you know, the first thing he told me was like, hey, we still got an opportunity, you know. We still – everything everything is ahead of Auburn. And, you know, I'll wrap it up right here uh, before we start breaking down the game. Is Yesterday I was told that neither one of our programs were – um, neither one of our programs were relevant right now, right? And my point here is, Dustin, I think you saw a program that is not far off from being relevant. And you saw kids fighting for the future. And I love that, all right? It made made me feel good yesterday that you go out, you beat an opponent that you're supposed to be, all right, and you had a damn good first half of football, the best best half of football Auburn has played all year. And that second half, that's fine, all right? Like you said, it played out that way. One possession in the third. We knew Mike Wright wasn't driving the field and coming back to beat us. You can say it got hairy all you want to, and we got nervous. I never got nervous. I told my brother yesterday, my brother called me, and he's like, man, he's like, here they go. You know, he's like, Mississippi State, like 28 to 3. And I was like, Mike Wright's not him, bro. He's not. They're not coming back, period. All right. Uh, Their offense just isn't set up like that. It's not the air raid anymore. They don't have Will Rogers, you know. Uh, So at the end of the day, I look at it, and we're sitting at four and four. And our four losses are nothing to sit here and go, oh, well, we shouldn't have lost that game. No, it's fine. It's fine in year one. I'm not mad about it. We're four and four. We won an SEC game. Let's let's cut the cut the crap, man. We're fine. We're we're yeah. we're, headed, we're headed in the right spots. Let, let's get excited. Let's boog. Let's boog, Dustin. Yeah, when have you um I mean it's just so rare that a team especially in an SEC game, plays four quarters of, of perfect football. You know, like, it's just very rare that you do that. You go back to that uh, the Ole Miss game right before it all kind of fell apart with Harson. Remember we came out and just killed them in the first half, and then the yep. second half you really didn't do it. I mean, it's hard to put together four quarters where you just smash somebody. I mean, you know, I can I can think of maybe the, the 2016 Arkansas game, and I, they had that coming. They talked all week, and they wanted to, <laughs> they wanted to go out there and stomp on the logo. And that was that was the only time I've ever seen Gus Malzahn decide I'm just gonna run I'm just gonna run it up. I don't care. Yep. So you pissed off that they were so rude they pissed off Gus. So Arkansas just had that one coming their way. It's hard to do. It's hard to just to blow somebody out, man. And Mississippi State make no mistake about it. That's a good defense. We talked about. Uh, pregame that those two linebackers they got how they can wreck havoc and really get after you and mm-hmm. we had a running back go for 148 yards and i'm gonna say this this is two weeks in a row where jarquez has been eaten and had under 20 carries now i love me some damari austin and uh i don't want to be critical after a win but you know 
I think that there in the second half, we were giving some touches to Damari that should have been going to a hot Jarquez Hunter. Yeah. And, I, and Damari's just rusty. He's working himself back off of injury, but Jarquez was eating. He was busting through tackles. He's seeing the hole. Uh, I love some of the uh, some of the little boots that we were getting to Fairweather. The one that we got, the Jarquez, where he was able to get out and do the Jarquez leap and all that, finding ways to get our playmakers the ball. I mean, like speaking of Rivaldo, throwing the ball four times, four catches. It's kind of what he does. Feed Rivaldo. We'll keep saying that. Uh, but yeah, so let's so. Maybe next week, 25 carries for, for Jarquez. He could do it. Um, I loved – let me ask you this. So, going into the end of the first half, uh, we were winning 17-3. to yep. And we got the ball. I mean, you see football a lot the same way as when I was asking you. So, I'm sitting here screaming saying it's 17-3 to versus a Mississippi State team that can't score. If you had told me before the game Auburn got 17 points, well, I predicted State to win 17-6, to six, right? So I would have said Auburn's in position to win the game with 17 points. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting here thinking, we're already sitting pretty. One more touchdown, we got this dub. So my mindset is, let's just run this clock out and get into halftime with a 17-3 to three lead. Not what we did. Get a tip ball at the line that, oh, my God, a tip ball went right to an Auburn receiver's hands that he then called and continued to run. Boy, I ain't seen that since a Hail Mary versus Georgia, brother. I mean, we called a break. We yeah. called a break. And then we go down uh, some more nice plays. We get down there on the goal line and a beautiful pass to Jeremiah Cobb. It, uh, really, man, maybe his best throw of the day. That was that was beautiful. Great play design. You know when that Jeremiah's uh, – that's what he does, man. He's the best – running back that we have as far as pass catching ability and pass blocking really he just in 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 the passing game Jeremiah is that dude mm-hmm. and they they use him perfectly right there uh what were your thoughts there Blake cuz i was screaming going to the half 17 to 3 going to the half 17 to 3 and old school old school Hugh Free stood up and said nah i got some more points to go get i think that's uh i think that's what really put the stamp on the game Dustin you know, and you were talking about your big momentum play a while ago. Um, I think that right there was the biggest thing for Auburn. Uh, and you know, the emphasis that Hugh has put on once we get inside the red zone, we got to score. And we did that yesterday. Right? And, and and I was talking about the other night, we got to start using our running backs in, in the passing game. All right. Peyton's got to start hitting the check downs. We got to get the screen game going. We got to get, you know, hey, hit that swing pass out to Jarquez. All right. There's nothing wrong with it, man. If you pick up four or five yards off that, I'm fine. Like, I'm fine with it. Throw it. Throw it. And you got a mismatch with Jeremiah coming out the backfield. And it was there. You, you, you threw a perfect ball. I, we were attacking yesterday and it wasn't, you know, slow it down. Uh, but then again, like I told you, we were successful on first down. That has a big thing with it, all right? That, that, that's a big deal. When you're not successful on first down, you're in trouble, folks. Like, you can't play behind the sticks, and we didn't do that yesterday. All right? We were moving them babies. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then what do we have, 21 first downs. I mean, come on. We were moving the we were moving the ball, and I and I like the fact that Hugh said, "Hey, let's go get points here. All right, let's try to put our stamp on this football game." 
And we did that. You know, like you said, two halves of football, sometimes it doesn't work out. All right. I know I like to always bring them up. All right. But they are the greatest dynasty in college football history. You want to talk about two halves of football? Let's go back to last weekend for Alabama. All right. Terrible first half. Terrible first half. What'd they do in the second half? They figured it out. All right. They didn't play a great full 60 minutes. Right. All right. They didn't play a great full 60 minutes. They had to figure something out. And and I think that was the big momentum thing for Auburn yesterday to really put their stamp down and say, hey, we're here to win this football game. You go on that drive right before half, and then you punch it in. You don't settle for three. You don't settle for three. You punch it in. You you do what your, pre, your coach has been preaching the past couple of weeks. We're not good inside the red zone, all right? But we got to start scoring tutters. And I tell you another thing, we got an absolute weapon at kicker. Dude. A I mean, weapon. Brother. All right? <laughs> A weapon. Yeah. My buddy is different. All right? And uh, I, I'm just telling you, man, you look at everything that's happening with this program, the talent coming in. I know things got hairy there for a minute over the last four weeks. We were down as a fan base. We were we were struggling. We just wanted that taste of winning again, right? I, I really think that's what it was. Is I don't think people were starting to hop off the train. I'll call it like it is. I don't think people were really starting to hop off the train. I think we were just looking at it going, man, we just want to win again. We just want to win again. Because guess what? I've always said this, man. It is so hard watching Georgia and Alabama continuously win and us lose. All right? And what we've been through the past couple of years, it hurts even more, man. And then you having to watch them play in the national championship game, that hurts. It hurts. You know, and you're over here getting blown out by Arkansas at home last year. And, and you know, that's that, that ain't Auburn, baby. That ain't Auburn. And so yesterday, that, that drive right before half that, that you're talking about, Dustin, uh, th- that literally opened up my eyes and I said, hey, we're going to be okay, All right? Because a lot of coaches around the country, struggling football team, hadn't won in a month, like Dustin said, he would have settled for a field goal and said, hey, let's take this thing in here. But instead, under 10 seconds left, you score. I like it. I like it. Something was different yesterday with that offense. And I think we need to stay there. When we go yeah. up to Nashville, when we go up to Nashville Saturday, we got to stay there. All right. When we go out to Fayetteville, we got to stay there. Well, we might reel things back in in Jordan Hare against against the the Gumps, you know. So um I'm not I'm not sure. That defense over there for Alabama, they're different. But uh I'm damn proud of this football team, Dustin. It looked like they trusted the players to make the plays yesterday, Blake. Speaking to that drive, like that was kind of where my head was, was just saying, okay, it's a 17 to three lead. You just going into the half, you would have taken this in a heartbeat before the game. And I don't trust our guys to not mess up. And our coaching staff did. And they made the plays. And to me, I feel like this was the first time all year where they just said, okay, Thorne, go get it. Mm -hmm. Go, go make the plays. And and we did. And uh I get like that throw, that throw to Jeremiah Cobb, 
just a, just a great throw, a great call, and not something that I've seen us do from a philosophical standpoint. Like, let's go get it. Not scared. Going out to win the game. They play like they had nothing to lose, Blake. And and uh, I want to give you credit because I've been hard on in the past three or four weeks. And, and what have I been hard about? What what has been my specific beef? The QB rotation. Yep. That's been my whole thing. That's been my whole thing. I said, if you keep, keep rotating QBs in the middle of the game, it's going to kill you. And Hugh and the um, the guy said during the uh, and it's funny because you talk about your brother calling you saying here you go. I never was too worried because I knew it was a different Mississippi State offense. But Derek Mason being in the booth calling the game was giving me a little uh, you get that dude out the stadium. Yeah, you might, you might have to get Derek out the stadium just in case. But um, they Derek and uh, the other guy I forget who else was calling the game with them. But the the announcers they mentioned that Hugh had said during the week. Hey, he told us we thought this two QB rotation was going to work. <laughs> Clearly, it hasn't. And he reevaluated it. So instead of being stubborn and saying, no, this is going to work, he sat down and said, okay, this isn't it. We've tried it every different kind of way. We've tried red zone packages. We tried giving them each a drive at different times during Ole Miss. We've had the AM situation where you were switching them out mid drive. They've tried it every different kind of way. It seems like, but based off of the, if you kind of look at the way Hughes post game and some of the comments he made on the field after the game, kind of reading through the lines, it seems like he went to the to Thorn this week and said, "Hey man, this is it. Get it done, or I am turning to somebody else and see what they got." And I really think I really believe that conversation happened this week, Blake. And and Thorn, to his credit, voiced his displeasure in the media this week. He said, "It's hard for me to get in a rhythm." looking over my shoulder. And Robbie said the same thing. The coaching staff, for the first time this season on offense, I feel like they looked at it and said, okay, this right here, we've been trying to make it work every which way. It's just not working. We got down we got down to the red zone yesterday, Blake, like you just talked about a minute ago, and we scored in the red zone. What mm-hmm. did we not do in the red zone yesterday? Mm-hmm. We didn't switch quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. We kept the same guy in. And – we scored down there. So shout out to Hugh. Shout out to uh, Philip Montgomery and whoever it was that was involved in the offensive game plan and finally saying, okay, enough is enough, man. Peyton Thorne's a guy. Let's ride with him. And then before I, w- I want to hop over here and talk about Ron Roberts and the defense, Blake, another stellar performance. But I'll ask you this. Do you think that maybe maybe it doesn't look the exact way it looked the first half? But do you think this is a one-off, or do you think this is something that we can do here for the next three or four weeks? No, I, th- I think it's something you can do for the next three or four weeks. I, I think you're going to face uh, a team in Vanderbilt who can't stop the run. They can't stop the pass. Uh, I think Jarquez is going to have a monster day again this Saturday. Uh, I think our receivers can get open against their secondary and have a great day. Caleb Burton is a problem. I look at him in the future, not the rest of this year. I look at next year. Uh, if you got Jay Fair coming back uh, and and all the talent coming in, uh, look, man, Auburn's in a great spot. I think this is a I think this is a a plan on offense that you can take into Fayetteville. All right, a, a defense that is not great. Uh, they they give up the they give up the bombs a lot on that back end, Dustin. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not great in the secondary. Uh, but, you know, they, they lost to Mississippi State 7-3, to three, man. So their offense hasn't been 
what everybody was expecting. Um, you know, I didn't expect nothing from Arkansas, but you know, a lot of people did. I don't know why. I guess KJ Jefferson was some Heisman Trophy winner or something. Uh, but I think he's vastly overrated. Uh, but the only game where I kind of look and say, hey, can your offense continue this is Alabama because I think you can. I think you can. Uh, but are we going to be able to run the ball on Alabama? Mm. Um, are we going to be able to sustain drives and, and uh, just drive the ball the length of the field on that defense? Uh, if we come out and we can't, then I think we might start reeling it back a little bit and try to go at a slower pace. Um, they're good, man. Their defense yeah. is good. Now, their offense, they find it every now and then, but it's not clicking like that normal Alabama offense that we're used to, right? Um, but that would be the only game where I think you you could run into a you could run into a pit stop and you have to make a decision, right? Yeah. Uh, but but these next three, these next three, Dustin. I mean, let's be honest. We should win the next three games. If 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 we lose to Vanderbilt, it's like hitting rock bottom. Especially yeah. coming off of this. Especially yeah. coming off of this, it's like hitting rock bottom. If we go to Fayetteville and we lose, I won't be as mad, but watching what Mississippi State did to them and the success mm. that Mississippi State had against them, I would be, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be too happy. Um and then obviously we're gonna beat New Mexico State. Um and then Alabama. I need a I need a Georgia like performance against Alabama. I need I need a performance where you keep this close, you get Jalen Milrow under pressure, um, and I think bad things can happen when you get Jalen Milrow under pressure. Uh, I know he can get out the gate and take off for eighty yards to the house. I know he's electric out in the open field, uh, but in the passing game, I think we could force Jalen Milrow into some turnovers. So there's opportunity, man. That is the biggest thing that sticks out to me. I'm excited about this offense, Dustin. Um, and Jarquez Hunter, man, Jarquez getting it going. Uh, I figured he would. I figured he would uh, get something going against this front at Mississippi State, uh, and I felt like that kind of opened up things for Peyton, and it kind of it helped Peyton out a little bit being successful. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I, I I'll say it again, man. They 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 had me uh, they had me smiling, Dustin. And uh, I'm proud of them. And I know we've been hard on them, but I'm, I'm proud of those kids. Uh, and, and they haven't given up. That's my biggest thing is they haven't given up. A lot of programs would have given up. A lot of programs would have packed it in. Mm-hmm. And uh, like a South Carolina, you can't tell yeah. me South Carolina ain't packed it in. Let me tell you something. I feel sorry for Spencer Rattler. Yeah. Right? I feel sorry for him because he has no offensive line. He continues to ball out. And when they don't convert on third downs, you see him, his head goes down and he just walks off the field and he's just sitting there on the sideline and he's got his hands and his pads and it's just, he's checked out. He's checked out because he's tired of losing. Uh, We could have packed it in like South Carolina, but we didn't. So. Yeah. And that talks about that. My main point I've been making all year about the culture change behind the scenes that you just can't see. There's no way to measure it. 
The only way you can really see it is in effort. Yep. And there's one night out of eight games so far where I didn't feel like we gave great effort. Now, yep. is that is that excusable? No. But it happens sometimes. And I think that if you look at the Auburn team the past three seasons, uh, Gus's last year, and then obviously the two years under Harson, the last four games under Cadillac notwithstanding, mm-hmm. I think that you just this year you have seen a team that continues to fight regardless of circumstances. And, and like you mentioned, man, that game could have got away from us yesterday. There was a point where it was, they, Mississippi State could have got back into it. I go back to the uh, – it was a fourth and two, fourth and three for Mississippi State. They tried to run the quarterback around the right side. We shut them down because the stop just any time that they were going to get back in there. Like you said, Alex McPherson, that's a 49-yard field goal, man. You missed that. Mississippi State has good field position, but he doesn't miss it. He yeah. puts it through. Doesn't We don't have to worry about it. You know what I mean? Just, um, yeah, man, they showed up. when I was, I was worried about it. I was worried after losing an emotional game that you really wanted to win at night in a great atmosphere, Ole Miss. Then getting them in a two thirty, getting Mississippi State in a two thirty kick, I was worried about like the whole Zach Blackaby theory of okay, now we got one, and then the team feels that way and it, it, they come up and get you. But no, nah, they treated that game like it was do or die from the get go. So shout out to Cadillac for the pregame speech. Shout out to Hugh Freeze and Philip Montgomery for making the offensive adjustments and finding something that works. One thing I want to say, Dustin. Thing I want to say is I got to give a guy his flowers real quick. All right. And he don't get a whole lot of attention. He don't get talked about a whole lot, but man, let's talk about Oscar Chapman, brother. Hey, I, I he put one, he <laughs> put one right on the two yesterday, man. Uh, I just don't, I know he doesn't get a lot of love because he's the punter. Right. Uh, but dude through his Auburn career, has put Auburn in a lot of successful situations, all right? Yeah. And I know Auburn hadn't backed it up a lot of those times, but Oscar Chapman has been a guy for the Auburn Tigers. And I wanted to give him his flowers real quick uh, because he's been a weapon for Auburn. And uh, he's another one of those guys that's been through the trenches uh, and been through the mud at Auburn. So uh, good for him. I'm I'm proud of this team, man. I'm proud of guys, proud of these seniors uh, and, and guys like Oscar Chapman, man. Yeah, definitely. And um, in some of these games, you're gonna be in these field position battles, and like you said, yeah. man, he's all he's put us in good position a lot, a lot of times. He's definitely helped. Mm-hmm. We got a good defense, got a good punter. Just got to put the offense behind it, and then all of a sudden, you're playing good football, man. Now all of a sudden, you're winning every phase. Uh, looking at this defense, Blake, only 13 points. I understand it was a backup quarterback, a backup running back, but uh, again, outside of that night in Baton Rouge, just kind of more the same, man. You don't have a whole lot of guys to work with on this defense. Uh, good God, how awesome just, – just to, just to have Austin Keys back, how yep. big is that just to be able to get guys like Eugene and, and Larry to, to get a breather, man, to go over there and get a couple reps off and get some water and get some air back in their lungs. Uh, what do you think about Ron Roberts, man, just continuing to play this Auburn high-caliber defense with not trying to call any of these guys out? I think our one deep is good, but – when you start getting into our, our, our rotation, man, it, it starts to drop off. Blake, just, 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 what about what you think about Ron Roberts here, man? Oh man, um, I think he's aggressive, and I think when I look over the years, that's the way Auburn plays defense. And uh, I think we got to a point in Auburn football where uh, we were liking we were liking to sit in zone coverage a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were we were rushing three, dropping eight. You know, I, I just – I didn't like that version of Auburn football. 
Uh, I think what I love about Ron Roberts is he will challenge his DBs. Uh, he will blitz his DBs. He will stick his DBs on islands and, and make them go man to man. He trusts his players, man. He trusts mm-hmm. his players. I, I think he has the most trust in Keontae Scott. And for him uh, to to just roam to just roam around, man, play that play that that star nickel type position right there. Um, and I tell you what, if Keontae wouldn't have got hurt so. and missed a couple games, there might have been some there might have been some talk about some 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 postseason SEC awards for for Keontae Scott. He's that good. Um, I saw a, I saw an interesting tweet yesterday, and, and I, I look, I love I love this dude, right? Um, but I saw an interesting tweet, and it said, "Where are our DBs uh, that are supposed to be so great?" And uh, it that that one kind of threw me for a loop there for a minute, <laughs> um, because you got to realize where we're at in the game. All right. Big lead. No need to get beat over the top. Um, you don't give up the home run ball there. Keep everything in front of you. Uh, also, we lack a pass rush. I don't know if any of you have ever played defensive back, but when you got to cover somebody for six, <laughs> six, seven seconds, and Mike Wright's just dancing around back there, it's tough. All right. It's already the most athletic, challenging position on the football field. All right. You're backpedaling while somebody who runs a 4-3-40 is running towards you, and you have no idea which way he's going. It, it's, it's one of the most athletic, challenging, uh, toughest positions in football, in sports. All right. But you got to realize the situation Ron Roberts was in there yesterday. Yeah. Big lead, you don't give up the home run, you play soft. And I know people hate, I know people hate that. All right. But we even had guys that were still being aggressive. DK, all right. DK goes for the ball in that situation. All right. And he missed the tackle and they picked up a first down. I wasn't mad about that. At first, when it happened, I was like, oh, man, like, just, just wrap up. Don't go for the ball. Just wrap up. You know, I, I know you were trying to make a play. But at the end of the day, man, I look at it, I'm not mad at that. It's a kid trying to make a play. He's being aggressive. He's attacking the football. I'm okay. I know he ended up getting the first. But we, we got to look at what positions we're in, man, and, and uh, the situations. Our secondary is legit. I know sometimes there's some plays where we go, oh, you should make that tackle, or oh, he got beat there. There was a couple of times where I looked at DJ yesterday and was like, oh, man, we got to be better there. But at the end of the day, we got dudes, man. We Ron Roberts puts us in really good situations. Uh, I think uh, the linebackers yesterday, I think they probably had their best game of the year, mm. in my opinion. Um and I'll tell you what, Jalen McLeod absolutely brought it, Dustin. Yeah, he did. He absolutely brought it yesterday. Um, I tell you what, that fourth and two that you were talking about, Jalen McLeod, man. can't You can't say enough about that dude yesterday. Uh, he was all over the field. 
this defense, for them not to have a pass rush and them not to get to the quarterback, man, uh, they're legit. They are legit. Just think if you would have had – just think if – just let's just say you had Derek Hall come back. Oh, or Echo would have came back and got healthy. Yeah, you know, and, and I'm not even talking about, you know, a C-dub or anything like that come back, right? I'm just saying you just take one of them, all right? You just take one of them and bring them back. This defense is championship level good, all right? They're, and I know Marcus Harris does everything he can, right? <laughs> uh, but there was a couple times where we couldn't get to the passer yesterday, and Mike Wright would either use his legs or there would be a third and 11 and we would give it up and everything. Um, I know they were only, what, two two or 12 on third down, so I'm not, yeah. I'm not mad about it. But there was one where it was like third and 11 or third and 12, if I'm not mistaken, and, and they picked it up. Um. But other than that, man, I can't complain. This defense is nasty. Um, like you said, I, I feel like Auburn has only, uh, you know, I don't want to say laid down, but not really brought it to the level that we expect, and that was in Baton Rouge. Uh, but I get why you didn't. You felt like your offense couldn't keep up, you know. So, uh, at the end of the day, Dustin, I'm, I'm, I'm just – I look at Simp. On there on that back end, I look at Puckett back there. He made a play yesterday. I mean, he did throw it right to him, but uh, hey, still he still caught the ball. He still caught it. He still caught it, and uh, I'm proud of these dudes on that back end uh, and and creating turnovers. Man, we we say that all the time. You know, Auburn is creating turnovers, and I look at the cats we're bringing in. I look at the recruiting that we're doing. And, and the linebackers and the DBs that we're bringing in. And, uh, you know, you, you got Falk this, that's a monster. We got him for two more years, you know. I mean, yeah. you you look and you got to say the future's bright, man. And these kids, they want to play for a Ron Roberts because he creates pressure. He puts you in the spots to be successful. Uh, he's going to create turnovers. He did it at Baylor. Now he's doing it at Auburn. I, th- I can't remember who made this point the other night. I can't remember who made this point. Uh, it was on the live show. It was towards the end. But they said uh, if Auburn can get to 24 to 28 points the rest of the year, we could we could win out. Yeah. I can't 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 argue that. You can't you can't argue that. You can't be mad at that because it kind of feels like it's true a little bit. Yeah. I yeah, and I, and I look at what Ron Roberts has done this first year. I said, one, he better get one hell of a race. But also, um, man, it, it makes me feel really good for the future because did you see what Caleb Harris did Friday night, the new commit out of Thompson High? Yep. The man did everything. Yep. What Keontae Scott did, that's the role they're getting that kid to play. Yep, That's the kind of role that you're going to put into Marcus Riddick in. I mean, that, it's, it's funny because – Whenever, um, whenever we got Demarcus, the the five star linebacker, ever I saw some stuff saying, well, he plays nickel and he plays linebacker and he plays edge, and his body type is a little weird to where he might not be able to fit anywhere. Well, guess what? On your standard kind of defense, that might be an issue. But Ron Roberts will find out somewhere to put that dude. Mm-hmm. Ron Roberts will find out exactly somewhere to put that guy and utilize his skill set and his assets, man. So I am so fired up for the future of this Auburn defense. 17 straight games with a turnover. Um, 
created creating a created one in every game this year. Didn't didn't commit one on offense yesterday. So another game where you won the turnover battle. Finally, you know, because you were able to move the ball a little bit, so it actually helped you out. Yeah. All right. Because we've been doing it. Me, it. me and Blake are getting so pissed because we keep coming on here every week and being like, win the turnover battle. And then we win the turnover battle and we lose. And it's like, well, that's because you only had uh, 98 yards passing. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so if you do, but, but man, if you continue to do that, man, you do the other things right, it's obviously going to help you out. So I look mm-hmm. in the future, Blake, and I say, if this is the way this defense is going to play, and if you, and if, if what you saw, Yesterday is what we're going to see moving forward from this Auburn offense, and I and I'm talking about like like style, like yep. like up tempo, the RPO, the Hugh Freeze style, not just the points, but that looked like the the offense, Blake. That me and you spent hours studying this summer. That looked like the offense that me and you came on here and told everybody this is why this offense will get better because Hugh will take less talent and put it in the right position. That's what it looked like. That's what I was expecting from week one. But we still have an opportunity here to move forward. And, you know, look, again, a lot of coaches can be stubborn. We've seen coaches, especially in the SEC. We've seen a lot of uh, Tennessee's got a graveyard of guys that doubled down and said, I'm doing it this way. And Hugh said, hey, listen, man, we'll step back and try something different this week because this isn't working. And he said, we're going to go back to this tempo. Because I thought our plan was right. Didn't really work for us. Let's see if this works. Obviously, it did. So, it gives me a lot of encouragement um, that the offensive side of the ball was able to look at it and say, we got to change things around. we got to move some personnel around. And I want to mention this. Um, whenever it was Xavier Miller that got hurt, right? Xavier Miller gets hurt and Muskrat goes in. For the first time in a long time, Blake, a starting offensive lineman went down, and I wasn't like, oh, my God. I was like, okay, and here's a kid that's capable of continuing to play solid offensive line. Is he as good as as Xavier Miller? Maybe not. There's a reason why Xavier Miller is starting. But that's why you go attack the portal the way we did and bring in nine, ten new offensive linemen. That's why some of those battles that you have to win, because people were after Muskrat. A lot of people wanted Muskrat. Mm-hmm. That's why those battles that you win in recruiting are important when it comes time for the fall, because now the guy goes out, and here's another guy that I can depend on. And I'm going to use that as my segue, Blake. It's a player of the game. And my player of the game is my dog, Connor Lou, because you get your first start as an SEC true freshman at center versus Mississippi State front. That does some exotic things. Zach Arnett is a is a defensive guy. He's yep. a guy that I I think, and I'm not 100 percent on this, but it was going to be him or Ron Roberts that would have been our DC if the tragic situation with Mike Leach didn't happen. Kind of kind of put Mississippi State in a, in a crazy situation, obviously, and they, and they did what they had to do. But Zach Arnett can coach defense, and they've been messing some people up with that defensive line, and it's been freeing up those two linebackers, like I talked about Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Connor Lou handled his business, man. He had one. One mental error down there at the end of the game, um, but other than that, man, he was he was settled. And, and the thing about it, brother, was that I never had a doubt. Mm-hmm. I never had a doubt that he was gonna have that it was gonna be cool, calm, and collected, and that the kid was gonna be under control. And it's not it's not a shot at Avery Jones at this point. I just think Connor Lou's the better option right now. I think he's the better option right now. And so, 
you get a guy that is going to play this back half of the SEC season, he is going to be your starting center as a true sophomore next year, and you've got that position locked down for most likely the next three years because the NFL, for whatever reason, and I I think this is kind of goofy, I value center a whole lot. I watched my Buccaneers season end in the first day of training camp last year when our starting center, Ryan Jensen, tore his ACL because yeah. it just – it's man, it's it's hard, brother. It's hard – Goes to a guy like Cole Kublik, talk about the responsibilities of a center. What Connor DeLue did yesterday is so impressive. And again, this is a kid that had wanted to go to Auburn for a long time. All we had to do was pick up the phone. We didn't do it. That's why he was committed to Miami, right? Yep. Hugh comes in and only has a couple of weeks in that situation. Right? That's same thing with Keldrick Falk. Those are two true freshmen on each side of the line of scrimmage that are our building blocks. That's why I made that tweet that, that popped off this week, saying you got two guys right here. They need help. we got to recruit more guys on that offensive line. You can't let Texas come get DeAndre Carter. you got to keep recruiting those guys on the D-line. I'm telling you right now, like this 2025 defensive line we're putting together, yep. oh, my God. And I know that doesn't help us right away because I know 25 kids might not be ready to 27. But what's our guy Jake Cranks there all the time? What's I don't want to mess it up. You got you to see through the forest to get to the beach or something like that. Yeah. It, it's perfect right here. And uh, and this is a thin class. I'm getting down my recruiting spill here. But it's a thin class uh, in the trenches in the state of Alabama this year. So this 04 class, we're kind of trying to find some guys. You might have to be a little bit heavy on the portal again. But we've got two building blocks on each side of the line of scrimmage and Connor Lou and Keldrick Falk. Look, Keldrick was a little bit quiet yesterday. I kind of went back and watched some of it this morning. Mm -hmm. He was getting double teamed. 18-year-old, yeah. they were double-teaming him. What's that tell you? They already they watched film from the Ole Miss game and said, that boy's a problem. But I bet you when Ike goes back and watches and does his film breakdown, we'll see some other guys getting open because of the because of the attention that he had to pay Keldrick. So, but my player of the game, Connor Lou, true freshman, stepping up versus a solid Mississippi State defense, a very good Mississippi State defensive line. And I bet you all, bro, I bet all week those defensive in those defensive meetings at, at, in Starkville, they were like, let's attack 75. Let's attack 75. They tried. It didn't work. He held it down. Connor Lou, I've been singing about this kid, Blake, you know, since he was a junior in high school. Mm -hmm. I'm so happy this kid is on our team, man. This is crucial, crucial, crucial for the future of Auburn football. Mm -hmm. This kid right here is a building block for what we want to do moving forward. Connor Lou, hell yeah, my dog. Hell yeah, Connor Lou. Dustin, I'm going to go players of the game. Uh, and I want to highlight, obviously, Peyton Thorne, 20 of 26, uh, 230 yards, three touchdowns, zero picks. Let's go. Let's go, PT. That's, that's big time, man. Um, like I said, that's what leaders do, man. That's what leaders do. Damn proud of that kid. Because uh, you know, I I know he's 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 faced the noise, man. He's seen it. Um, I know he's I think he's deactivated some social media accounts and stuff like that. Smart. Like, um, yeah, and and I know we've given him a tough time. Yeah, I'm I definitely. Yeah, I'm <laughs> not back off that. Uh, but I'm proud of him. You know, he wears orange and blue. Uh, he's one of our guys, and um, I think he responded just. The way the way a leader's supposed to respond. So I uh, look at Jarquez Hunter, man. Seventeen carries, one hundred and forty-four yards, mm. uh, eight and a half yards per carry. <laughs> look, I felt like 
Jarquez was going to have a big day, Dustin. Uh, I just I looked at the Mississippi State defense, um, and I said, "Hey, Jarquez could get to eighty to a hundred yards uh, on that defense, and then that would allow things to open up for Peyton and maybe some of these receivers to get loose." Uh, and I felt like right out the gate, you established a run with Jarquez Hunter, and that happened. Well, you popped a gain of, what, nine the first play, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, you come out just – that's Auburn football. That's what we talk about. That's Auburn football, right? You come out, you hand that thing off, and you say, hey, get you some right here. It's smash mouth, go time. That's Auburn football. Um, and then I just want to point out, man, guys like, like VAR. Hmm. You've been hurt. Had a tough go this year. You come back, uh, you, you get the deep ball, you make a grab, you get a tutter. All right. Uh, Rivaldo Fairweather, keep plugging away, big fella. Keep yes, plugging away. Uh, that, that's what we got to have. Shane Hooks made a play. All right. One catch, 27 yards, touchdown. Made the play. Let me ask you real quick. Did you think that, that was a pass interference on the other one? Because I damn sure did. On the first one, on the uh, offsides that they threw? The, one, the, 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 the other one down. They, the one where they didn't call the offsides either. I thought they committed two penalties on one play. Yeah. Where I thought they jumped offsides, and then yeah. I thought that was clearly a pass interference on Shane Hooks down there by the pylon. Did you feel yeah. that way? Yeah, some people were some people were saying that uh, it looked like he didn't give any effort, but I feel like he was getting tugged on. He was, yeah, it was, he was being pulled. Yeah. Um, but then he come right back and bang, um, totter. So uh, I like that from Shane Hooks. Um, Caleb Burton is going to be so good at Auburn, man. Yeah, I know it's not. Look, he's not like blowing the blowing the doors off right now. But we got a guy, people. We have a dude. We have a route runner. We got a guy that catches the football and makes it look effortless. All right, mm-hmm. he's quick. He gets in and out of breaks really quick. Oh, he put old boy in a spin cycle on that one where he had to hold him. Man, come on now, hey. We got a guy. I'm telling you, this this receiving class that we're about to put on the field, man. Did you see Perry Thompson Friday night? I'm, let me ask you this, Ooh, Mr. Man. Mobile. Let me ask you this, Mr. Mobile. And I don't want to forget another Mobile two guy, but I think you might be mentioning him here. Finish your list, and I'll ask you this question. I'm sorry, <sighs> man. I, I look at these dudes like you're gonna have you're gonna have Jay Fair come back. You're gonna have Caleb Burton. You're going to have a Perry Thompson walk in the building. You're going to have a Bryce Kane walk in the building. Bryce might not play a right away because he's raw. Um, but if you start if you start thinking of, um, you know, you got a Malcolm Simmons walking into the building. That's a bad boy. <sighs> Come on now. Um, if you have a Cam Coleman walking okay. through the building. <laughs> All right, I got to ask you. So, bro, I thought you were going to mention him. One other guy I wanted to show love to, uh, Nehemiah Pritchett. My dog has been battling injuries all year. Got a lot of stuff before the season, um, and some of it deserved. But Nehemiah has continued to come in and battle uh, throughout injury. He doesn't have to, Blake. He does not have yeah. to. This team is 4-4. Four and four. Um you know, I don't I don't know what his plans are. There was a time two years ago when he was a for sure draft pick. I feel like based off of his speed and some of the film he's put on in, in the past, he will definitely get a look. So Nehemiah could, for all intents and purposes this year, say, hey, man, I'm hurt. And, and make, go back to before last year, he was a, like, 
first to second round type projection guy. Okay. Yeah. So he will at least get a look in camp. The point I'm making about Nehemiah is he can shut it down and say, guys, I'm banged up. I'm hurt. This team is four and four. You'll see me at the pro day. You'll see me at the combine. You'll see me at my hometown mobile senior bowl. I'll do my thing there. And then I can go make some noise in the league. Mm-hmm. Blake talks about guys trying to set the foundation, the Simpsons, the Nehemiah Pritchett's man. Like this is so crucial for these, for the pro, the future of this Auburn program. And these next three games are so crucial in my opinion for building this foundation. And I just want to show Nehemiah love because the guys banged up. And I thought, there's been a couple of games now I could point out where he's in and out the lineup, but when he's in there, he's playing some pretty good, playing some good football. He's given, he's given maximum effort. And I just want to tell you like Nehemiah, if you ever hear this or see it, dude, I, I really do appreciate it, man. Well, here's the thing, Dustin. All right. First off, you, you got guys like him and Simp and Zion. All right. But they've, this is what I keep preaching, man, is, They've been through the mud at Auburn. They've been through three head coaches, all right? They have been through the trenches. They never wavered. Those dudes like that, that is why I tell the students, stay at the game, all right? Because of guys like that, man, guys like that who bleed orange and blue, who have been through it. You think they wanted to go through all these defensive coordinating uh, coordinator changes? You think they wanted to go through head coaching changes? They could have easily hit the portal and say, "Hey, deuces, I'm out." Just this week, just this week with McGriff and the whole Ron Roberts situation. It's like they could they could have easily said, "Hey, deuces, I'm out." I'm. I, they could have said this year after the LSU game, "Hey, checked out, dog. See y'all." Like like uh, it ain't it. I'm going to the pro day. Hopefully, I get an invite to the combine. All right, but they didn't. You want to know why? Because Jalen Simpson and Nehemiah Pritchett and Zion Puckett and dudes like that who have been here and they love Auburn, they're going to fight. And it's what I always tell you, you look in 10 years, Zion Puckett is walking down into Jordan-Hare Stadium. All right, he's walking into Jordan-Hare Stadium. And you see him and you say, hey, man, you laid the you laid the foundation. You laid the groundwork. And he might look at you and say, yeah, hey, I know I wasn't the greatest safety to ever play at Auburn. But I went out with my heart on that field. All right? And, and guys like Nehemiah, they love Auburn, man. I know some guys that are related to Nehemiah. They will tell you. He bleeds orange and blue. He loves that place. And that is why those dudes, they're still locked in in that locker room, Dustin. They're still together. And I think – and let me tell you something real quick. I'm not going to give you my pick for next weekend, but Vanderbilt, you better better go hide somewhere, all right? Mm -hmm. You better get the end zone fixed because Auburn's coming to fix it for you. All right. We're coming to fix it for you because we're going to light that baby up. All right. And we are going to wear you out. You hear me? And I know that's not like a huge flex because it's Vanderbilt. But guess what, Dawson? It'll be a huge flex on this show because we will be what? 
Five and four. We will be five and four bugging with New Mexico State still on the schedule with a chance to go to a bowl game, Dustin. Come on, man. And if you get to if you get to seven, then all of a sudden you're looking at you get out of that Birmingham Bowl territory. Yep. You get it. You get you get to seven, and you're looking at a Liberty Bowl. There's some other options. There's a Music Music City City Bowl, right? Some other options. And listen, I I don't. I hate the Birmingham Bowl from the standpoint of you usually face a 10 and 2, 11 and 1 team because you're getting like the best, the next best team from the AAC or whatever it is. Now, I haven't taken a look at their conference this year. And, you know, that might not be the case, but I just, I mean, we got stuck with an 11 and 2 Houston team a couple of years ago and I knew right off rip, huh? We've lost five in a row. Uh, but yeah, dude. So I wanted to ask you this, Blake. You're the mobile guy. Mm-hmm. Is this Ryan Williams stuff? What's going, what's going on here, brother? And, and listen, listen, Blake's not claiming to be a recruiter insider. No. We'll, sometimes we have some inside information, and we share that with our with our members when we do have it. Um, don't have any on this one, but do you think that Ryan Williams ends up in Auburn? Mm. I'll you tell feel you better this. about it than you did the other day. I'll tell you this. You remember all the times that I would ask, like, Ike and Mike, Say, hey, man, what about Ryan Williams? All right, like, like, what's the smoke there? What's the smoke there? This is months ago. This is like when we first joined the war report and stuff. <laughs> right. And I would always bring up, like, hey, man, we got to throw the football because we got to impress kids like Ryan Williams. First things first, all right? He's from Saraland, Alabama, right here in Mobile, all right? Plays for Saraland High School. Mr. Football as a sophomore in high school. The greatest high school football player I've seen. Um, probably going to win it again this year. They're going to win the state championship. Nobody's going to beat them. Uh, everybody keeps, you know, you want to talk about Clay Chalkle, they're probably going to run Clay Chalkle through the mud. All right. Saraland 6A? Yep. Okay. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're just that good, man. They're that good. Um, the thing with Ryan that, that, has me believing that Auburn is still in the race is the fact that his dad is an Auburn Tiger. And I know Alabama fans say, though, it's no shot. He's he's tied through and through. But let me tell you something, dude. Down here in the South, family family's a big deal to, yeah. to people like us in the South. It, it's huge. And you can't tell me that he don't feel some type of way when he takes a visit to Auburn and he sees, hey, my dad played here, man. Like, I think I want to try me some of this, all right? I think I want to follow my dad. I want to be – what's every what's every son's dream? Oh, you want to be like your dad, right? Yeah, for sure. Like, like that's, that's what I wanted. That's what I always wanted to do is I wanted to grow up and, and be half the man that my dad was. And I, and I hope I could achieve that. And right now I'm a father, and hopefully my kids look up to me in, in 20 years and they say, man, like, you you were that guy for us, and we appreciate it. And I think Ryan Williams looking at his dad saying, man, I want to leave I want to leave that legacy, bro. Like, I want to leave that Williams last name. I want to hang it and want to hang it in the rafters at Auburn. So, you know. In 40 years from now, people look back and say, hey, that Williams' last name, that carried weight at Auburn. 
And then I think Hugh Freeze with the ability to develop wide receivers. And Ryan is sitting here looking at Perry Thompson, Bryce Kane, two dudes from his hometown, mm. and they're going to Auburn mm. to change the face of Auburn football. And think because about we, that. We all know. We all know that Auburn wide receivers, it's been it's been a struggle for years. It's been a struggle. But you're looking at two dudes from your own city. And I can tell you this about people from Mobile, Alabama, dog. We stick together. All right. That's a fact. We 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 stick together. Like people from Mobile, like dog, I love Mobile. People can say what they want to say about Mobile and crime and all this. I love Mobile, Alabama. I love it. Like, I eat, sleep, and breathe, Mobile. That's why I support these kids, bro. Like, I support the Bryce Canes. Uh, Perry Thompson's from Foley. He's from across the bay. I support Perry Thompson. Riley Leonard, he plays at Duke, all right? But he's from Fairhope, Alabama, Dustin. I support kids that are from my from my area. Yeah, Nate LaRue. You're a big Nate LaRue guy. Yeah. Yes, Nate LaRue, man. Like, I, I love Nate. I think the world of Nate. Um, but that that's what's got me believing in Ryan Williams, man. Okay. Well, I mean, whew. you keep putting up performances like you did through the air Saturday, and you can really sit here and say, because from what I've read, and I can only, you know, again, I don't have any inside on, on these recruitments, but are on, on the ones we're talking about. But from what has been said publicly is that the lack of passing has kind of made Ryan Williams and Cam Coleman go, uh, now, I'm not saying that it's turned them off, but they have basically kind of said publicly, like, hey, I, this is concerning. You – but everything else is going well, right? Like, they like everything else that you're offering. That That's kind of concerning, right? So um, – and the Cam Coleman thing is a little bit different. Uh, I talked to, uh, to somebody a, a while back about that one that had spoke with Cam Coleman, and it just kind of seemed like the situation there was he just wants to experience something outside of – that out the the hour of Phoenix City and Auburn, you know, he wants to go somewhere besides. With and I get that, man. I was 17 years old once, and I I wanted to see what was beyond the Pensacola area. I understand that, but like that's why I gave a little phone analogy earlier because you you use the girlfriend analogy all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> if there's a good girl out there. And she's just calling me every single day. And she's like, I'm getting my stuff together. I'm getting my stuff together. I'm telling you. And then I see her drive down the street. She got a brand new car. And I'm like, mm, she is kind of getting her stuff together. And then I see her a couple of weeks later. And she got her hair done and her nails look nice. And she she went to the dentist and got some stuff in her teeth fixed. And I'm like, huh. And then she texts me and says, I'm getting my stuff together. I'm going to be the one for you. I'm telling you, I'm getting my stuff together. I'm the one. Eventually. You're going to start paying attention. And I think that's what you got here with uh, with this Cam Coleman, Hugh Free situation. And I just I just don't if, – if we lose, if we don't get Cam Coleman, then it is not going to be because of lack of effort or, or from this staff. But with the guys we have right now, if it goes chalk right now, Blake, Simmons, Kane, Thompson, these guys are dogs. We'll mm-hmm. see. Maybe we can get a guy or two out the portal. Um and, and, and I want to mention this too. I know we got to get out of here. We're running on, on a minute 15. But, guys, we won a damn game, so we wanted to talk a little bit today. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but I want to make this point, too, real quick on it, Blake. With the NIL, I think a lot of our NIL funding last year, look at how many, look how many people we brought in on the offensive line, right? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the funding went to 
Peyton Thorne, for better or worse, and he's still got a whole second half of the season, so we're going to show love on Peyton Thorne today. But a big a big portion of NIL funding went to the quarterback situation, went to getting some guys like a, a, a Rodgers and a McLeod, cause, and then obviously the offensive line. The positions of need were really attacked through the portal, and that's where some of the money went. Now you might have a little bit more money to throw at a Ra Ra Thomas type guy. Mm-hmm. Now, now there might be a receiver out there where you say, you know what, we can't spend a little more than we would want to on a portal receiver this time. So that option will be out there. Hopefully, will be there available as well. So, and, and you said, you know, that, that Bryce is raw. He might not get on the field. Might not. But I will tell you this: when he steps onto that Auburn campus, it's either him or J.C. Hart for the fastest player on the team. Mm-hmm. So you, you're getting a kid with a damn near Olympic athletic yep. speed, and and me and Blake will continue to post some more uh, some more highlights and on our YouTube shorts because I'll tell you we got some of Bryce that'll just <laughs> you'll have to watch it three times because you might have missed him. Don't get mad at me on the on the one the slant route when, when I can't get my camera over fast enough because the boy's <laughs> just the boy just scooting. So look, uh, I think everybody needs to be really be fired up, man. Um, we're gonna be okay. We're gonna be okay, and. Mm-hmm. We know this is how it's going to go, guys. We got a lot of new subs. When, when we lose, me and Blake going to come in here. We're not going to be happy. And Blake will tell you all the time, the thing that he hates the most is if somebody tells him it's just a game. Bump that. I'm going to tell you all something. My 32nd birthday yesterday rode on whatever Auburn did. Straight up. <laughs> like Straight up, bro. Right. And, they, so, and I had a great day. I had an awesome day because they got that dub. I'm, I'm probably about to go in here and watch the damn game again. It feels good. It feels good to win, man. And I want to shout out to uh, just all the Auburn fans, all of our subs, man, that have hung with us because I know I'm a fan of other teams. You know, everybody knows I'm a big Bucks fan. Um, Bucks lose a game, man. I might listen to a podcast or two that week just to kind of catch up on injuries and and what they what's good, what we're looking at going into the game. So because it sucks when your team loses, you don't want to hear hours of so for you guys that listen to us talk for three or four hours during a month of losing. Thank you for the people that have continued to subscribe and all that. Thank you. And there's some people uh, like a like a Haley that have just joined that are not in our game day group chat. All of our members, JV and Varsity. Get at us on Twitter. Get in that game day group chat, man. We finally got to boogie yesterday. We finally got to celebrate and have a blast. So uh, get in there with us, man. We got a bunch of members that are not in our group chat. Hop in there and do that with us. We are going to be back at Tuesday, 7 p.m. Central Time, like always. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Me and Blake today are both rocking the Level Up t-shirts. You can go over to the warportshop.com, get you one of those. All the money gets pumped back into the podcast. Uh, the My... Uh, my recruiting podcast. Sorry that I wasn't able to get it out this week, guys. I will get that guys out for you. Like I told y'all, I know I said it the other day. I've got it all uploaded and everything. Y'all ain't going to believe this, but my boss found out that Saturday was my birthday and pegged me with two 14 hour shifts on Thursday and Friday, just to be, just to be a dick. And I know it's kind of hard to put your head around that, but some people are just like that. So I got this surgery coming up to get my elbow redone November 28th. And then uh, I'll be looking for a new job after that. <laughs> so, cause that is, you know, I ain't, that's a whole nother thing, but I just ain't been able to get that out for you guys. I promise you when I get the time that is coming out for you, uh, probably will be able to bang it out today. Got to go do some more birthday stuff with the family and all that, but uh, either today or tomorrow, 
recruiting podcast will be dropped. I got a ton of Cam Coleman stuff, some more Dylan Upshaw stuff, Dylan Upshaw, however you say it. If it is Dylan, it's the most interesting spelling of Dylan that I've ever seen. But uh, that kid's a dog, too. And I would like us to kind of turn up the recruitment there a little bit, but I, I think we will. So that will be dropping for you guys as well. Another Around the Plains podcast will be dropping for the JV and Varsity guys this week. So mm-hmm. if you're not in that membership, man, hit that join button on your desktop, JV or uh, or Varsity Squad, whichever one that you feel like you can do. We appreciate all the support, all the love. There's a ton of exclusive content coming out for you guys. So to everyone that's rocking with us, man, like I said, we love you. We know this one went a little long, but damn it, we just wanted to celebrate. You got anything, Blake, before we get out of here? War damn eagle, baby. I'm damn proud of this team, these fans, this coaching staff. I love it. See you Saturday, all right, in Nashville. Get hyped up. We're, we're on the road to, to getting five dubs, then six dubs. Let's stack them up, baby. I'm excited. We're bugging. War damn eagle. Yes, sir. Plankton mentality.